Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'a. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'a. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَرْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابَهِ Esselamu alaikum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuhu. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. All of our previous recordings are linked at this website and we also have some introductory information about Ustad Nursi and his works, the Risale-i Nur, as well as some external resources and importantly the PDF copies of Ustad Nursi's works, most of his works in Turkish, English and Arabic. First of all, Ramadan Mubarak to all. This is the first days of the Ramadan of 1440 or 2019 and I actually debated quite a bit whether to do the treaties on Ramadan and fasting in this episode and the coming few episodes or continue with the program that we already had and in the end I decided that we already have two readings going on on the 10th word and the uh, 20th flash and I did not want to add another one. However, Ustad Nursi has a beautiful, beautiful treatise on Ramadan and how to understand fasting and how to benefit from fasting, and how to increase our faith through fasting. And that is the second part of the 29th word. Those who have some extra time and who are interested can go find this either on the internet or at the website that I already mentioned and, and read it themselves. Inshallah, at some point we are going to do, do that as a reading here too but for the time being i decided that it would be better for us to continue with what we already have and what we have today is the 20th flash we are going to continue with the fourth cause in the 20th flash and when we say cause we are referring to the causes that ustad nursi is giving us in response to a what he called a confounding or dreadful question at the beginning and the question was how and why disbelievers, people of the world, worldly people, agreeing with each other, working with each other without rivalry with regard to their worldly affairs. And here what we mean is not that there's no rivalry at all among the people of the world. Of course, there is rivalry. But in the end, when all of their works accumulate, it serves in a harmonious way. It serves to a, a worldly purpose. And Satan is probably behind this, whispering to all of them. Uh, but Ustad Nursi is asking this question. How do they work without rivalry in their worldly affairs, with, in a state of agreement and concord, while believers who are receiving their message, inspiration, from the same source, from God, that they are all being directed by the same Quranic and prophetic message, while this is the case, they are not working with each other in a state of agreement. To the contrary, they are in discord. 
And Ustad Norsi wrote this in the early 20th century. Now we are in the early 21st century and the situation is not too different. This is something that relates to human nature and the sicknesses that we as believers continue to have. And the disbelievers also have that. The disbelievers have worse sicknesses. It, it, it is not comparable. But for reasons that Ustad Norsi is explaining, here, when we don't pay attention to these secrets, uh, sicknesses among the believers, they lead to discord. So we went through three of them and we have a total of seven. Today we will start doing the fourth and I'm not sure if we will go on to the fifth or not. In the past episodes, my intention was to read more than one cause each time, but that did not work out. So we will begin with the fourth cause and see what happens inshallah. Bismillah. Dördüncü sebep, fourth cause. Ehli hidayetin rekabetkarane ihtilafı akıbeti düşünmemekten ve kasrı nazardan olmadığı gibi ehli dalaletin samimane ittifakları akıbet endişlikten ve yüksek nazardan değildir. The rivalrous discord among the people of guidance believers is not because they do not think about the future. They do not think of the future or because they are short-sighted and the sincere agreement concord among disbelievers or among the people of misguidance is not because they are concerned about the future and they have high sight they have they are foresighted the, the word that's used here is yüksek nazar so if you go somewhere high and look from there obviously you can see more right so we can translate that as foresighted the believers are in a state of discord, disagreement, but this is not because they do not think about the future. No, they do think about the future. This is not because they are short-sighted. No, they are foresighted. And the people of misguidance are sincerely working together, cooperating with each other. And this is not because they are concerned about the future. No, they do not think about the future. And this is not because they are foresighted. No, they are short-sighted. If they were foresighted, they would think about what is to come after death and prepare for it. So this is obvious. But while it is obvious, we do not see its consequences. So why is that happening? Or we do not see its consequences as we would expect in terms of agreement and uh, sincere cooperation among believers. That is not happening. Why? Belki ehli hidayet hak ve hakikatin tesiriyle nefsin kör hissiyatına kapılmayarak kalbin ve aklın duğur endişane temayülatına tabi olmakla beraber istikameti ve ihlası muhafaza edemediklerinden o yüksek makamı muhafaza edemeyip ihtilafa düşüyorlar. To the contrary, the people of guidance are under the influence of truth and reality. With reality with a capital R. So they know what is out there, their knowledge of reality is accurate and they are submitting to it. They are truthful and they follow, they, they are aware of, they are conscious of reality. They are under the influence of truth and reality. And because they are under the influence of truth and reality, the higher reality, when there is a hereafter, I'm going to go there and therefore I need to prepare for it. And my soul, my compulsive soul has these compulsions that, that lead me to evil and I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to stay away from that. Because they are under the influence of truth and reality, they do not submit to the blind 
sense, senses, sensations, desires of the of the uh, compulsive soul, and they instead follow the inclinations of the intellect and the heart that are concerned about the future. So they follow the inclinations of the heart and the intellect that are concerned about the future. So this is what we will grant from the beginning. However, they ca cannot preserve steadfastness. They cannot stay steadfast on the, these inclinations that are coming from the heart and the, and the intellect. And they cannot preserve ikhlas, sincerity in purpose, purity of purpose and intention. And because they cannot preserve steadfastness and ikhlas, they cannot then preserve that high elevated state, the station that they reach because of their following of the heart and the intellect and awareness of truth and reality. They cannot preserve that high elevated station and they fall into discord. Ehli dalalet ise nefsin ve hevanın tesiriyle kör ve akıbeti görmeyen ve bir dirhem hazır lezzeti bir batman ilerideki lezzete tercih eden hissiyatın mukteziyatıyla birbirine samimi olarak muaccel bir menfaat ve hazır bir lezzet için şiddetli ittifak ediyorlar. People of misguidance, on the other hand, are under the influence of the compulsive soul and vain desires. And because under the influence of the compulsive soul and vain desires, they prefer uh, they do not they are blind to the future they are they don't they do not see to the future and they follow senses sensations desires that are blind don't see the future and prefer a dirham a an uh, an ounce of ready pleasure to a batman several kilos of pleasure in the future so they see something before before themselves in front of them it's a small pleasure and they do not know that if they are careful about how to handle this pleasure if they do handle it in the right way they may acquire kilos of batman more than four kilos of pleasure in the future they do not know this or if they do it they are heedless to it and because they do not care about this either don't know or don't care about this they focus on that ounce of pleasure, ready, present pleasure, and they prefer it over kilos, pounds of pleasure in the future. Why? Because they are follow of the blind, blind inclinations of blind requirements, blind demands of their sensations, senses and desires that come from the compulsive soul. And they do cooperate with each other for an instant benefit and ready pleasure instant gratification they are following instant gratification they do not have a concern about delayed gratification that relates to the hereafter they don't know it or they don't care about it they are heedless to it they are following an instant gratification ready benefit and because they are following instant gratification this leads them to cooperation with each other because they see their benefit in that cooperation how we will explain evet dünyevi ve hazır lezzet ve menfaat etrafında aşağı kalpsiz nefis peresler samimi ittifak ve ittihad ediyorlar 
Yes, following a worldly and instant pleasure and benefit, heartless people who follow their composite souls are sincerely cooperating and uniting people who are heartless or whose hearts are dulled, whose hearts are not functioning the way they should be functioning. The heart is the, the faculty that knows God. The heart is the faculty that attributes value to what the intellect and other senses perceive and interpret. So the, inter the intellect measures this is bigger than this, this is smaller than this, this relates to this, this does not relate to that. It relates and measures, whereas, whereas the heart attributes value to it. Their hearts are not functioning in the way they should be functioning. They are, they have become egoists or egotists. They, they, have, they are worshipping their selves, their compulsive souls. They are following the desires of their compulsive souls. And because of this, they want an instant gratification. They want a ready worldly pleasure, worldly and ready pleasure and benefit. And because they want this, they sincerely cooperate toward it and unite. El hidayet ahirete ait ve ileriye müteallik semerat-ı uhreviyeye ve kemalata kalp ve aklın yüksek düsturlarıyla müteveccih oldukları için esaslı bir istikamet ve tam bir ihlas ve gayet fedakarane bir ittihat ve ittifak olabilirken enaniyetten tecerrüt edemedikleri için ifrat ve tefrit yüzünden ulmi bir menbaa kuvvet olan ittifakı kaybedip ihlasta kırılır ve vazife-i uhreviyede zedelenir. Kolayca rızayı ilahide elde edilmez. The people of guidance follow the principles or the guidance of the heart and the intellect. And these are elevated, lofty principles and, and, and guidance. They follow the lofty guidance of the heart and intellect. And because of this, they turn to, they are facing, they, they incline to, they want, they desire. They are focusing their attention on, on what? On benefits, fruits, and perfections of the hereafter. They are focusing on uh, fruits and perfections that are related to the future and that belong to the hereafter. So they are following the fruits of the hereafter. They are following the perfections that are to come in the future. Why? Because they are following the principles and guidance of the heart and the intellect. So this is all good. And because of this, it is possible for them to attain a an essential, a well-grounded, uh, steadfastness and a complete ikhlas, complete sincerity of purpose, purity of intention, and a perfect unity and cooperation that is based on utmost selflessness. A complete unity and cooperation based on self-sacrification. So they are able to do this. The fruits that they desire are in the future and therefore they can sacrifice themselves in, in, in the temporary context of this world. They can do it and therefore they, they, if they each are selfless and self-sacrificing, this is the perfect ground for them to cooperate. Therefore it is possible, cooperation and unity is possible among the believers. That is what we would expect. However, they cannot strip themselves off of their egoism, Ainas. We talked about this before, enaniyah, ana, the sense of me, 
the eye monster they cannot strip themselves themselves off of the eye monster and its desires for appropriation that should be mine that should be mine and they go to excesses in both ways they are afflicted with excess in underdoing and overdoing ifrat and tefrit ifrat is overdoing something and tefrit is underdoing something and because of these three things because they cannot strip themselves off of their eye monster and because they sometimes lose measure because they cannot strip themselves off of their eye monsters they lose measure they lose criterion and then therefore they can overdo and underdo and because of this they lose concord and cooperation which otherwise is an elevated lofty source of power and strength they lose that and as a result their ikhlas, sincerity in purpose and purity and intention is also broken and their duties, responsibilities that relate to the hereafter are also harmed as a result. And this is a really sad situation. While they have the grounds for such beautiful cooperation and unity and therefore the possibility, ability of attaining strength and elevated aloft this strength, they lose ikhlas and their duties that relate to the hereafter are also harmed, hurt as a result of this. And because God's pleasure is in those duties, in those responsibilities that relate to the hereafter, and it is in unity and concord among believers, they cannot attain God's pleasure easily either. So what is going on here? The people of belief, the rightly guided people, Muslims, believers, they see the future. That is what is in their horizon, the hereafter. They, when they think about the future, they see death and the intermediate realm after death. They see the resurrection. They see the accounting. They feel that they are going to stand before their Lord and, and answer to him about what they did in this world and or what they did not do in this world they want the lofty stations of the paradise they want to be neighbors to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam over there in the paradise they want to avoid the fire they want to cross the bridge fast they want all these beautiful things that relate to the hereafter and compared to what is in this world that, that that's incomparable they're so beautiful and they are focused on it and because they are focused on it and they do this with their heart and intellect because it is their heart and intellect that guide them to this uh, concern about the future to this foresighted consideration and that's also beautiful they see this they want to work for it and therefore they have the grounds for self-sacrifice what, what what happens if i get or not get this worldly pleasure or worldly position in this world if that means that I'm going to lose the hereafter in order not to lose the hereafter I, I can sacrifice my temporary t benefit passing benefit in this world and focus on that and I can give it to my brother and my brother can give it to me so if we are all ready to be selfless and and trying to help each other go higher and not focus on the struggles of this world not fight with each other for what belongs to this world 
and the hereafter it, it, it is not limited there is no need for rivalry for the benefits rewards fruits of the hereafter it's unlimited so this is grounds for cooperation and concord however they cannot preserve steadfastness i.e they are focused on these high elevated lofty aspirations but they cannot preserve those aspirations their composite soul sneaks in and says yeah it is probably better for the hereafter to give that position to your brother but why don't you get it you should get it and then you can use that position to serve even better than others and then in that way maybe you can make more of the benefits you can earn more of the benefits benefits of the hereafter so they cannot preserve steadfastness they know what is right and what is wrong but staying steadfast on what is right that is difficult and they cannot preserve ikhlas sincerity in purpose the purity of intention the purity of the intention would require focusing on the hereafter but then again the satan comes and whispers the compulsive soul says things the world is attracting us and then there are the people who say this and that and we are so concerned about what people think about us and what they say about us and so on and so forth they lose direction they lose direction and because they lose direction they fall into discord they cannot cooperate in that complete way that would otherwise produce give them yield a lofty elevated strength whereas people of misguidance they cannot see the hereafter they are focused on here and now instant gratification and because the nafs now is desiring it whatever it takes to acquire it and this this usually takes cooperation with others they'll do it their intellect and their heart has already bypassed they are they, they are put on the side and the instant gratification that the nafs the composite soul desires requires cooperation so they'll do it so this is not because they are foresighted no they are short-sighted but in their short-sightedness there is a steadfastness because the the gratification is instant this is not even steadfastness because there is no path to stay steadfast on everything is happening here and now and cooperation is what yields the uh, highest level of benefit for them and therefore they are going to do it so this is a diagnosis as in the previous causes Ustad Nursi is first diagnosing the problem and then he is going to offer the solution for it and the solution is this Bu mühim marazın merhemi ve ilacı el hubbu fillah sırrıyla tarika hakta gidenlere refakatla iftihar etmek ve arkalarından gitmek ve imamlık şerefini onlara bırakmak ve o hak yolunda kim olursa olsun kendinden daha iyi olduğunun ihtimaliyle enaniyetinden vazgeçip ihlası kazanmak ve ihlas ile bir dirhem amel ihlassız batmanlar ile amellere raci olduğunu bilmekle ve tabiiyeti dahi sebebi mesuliyet ve hatarlı olan metbuiyete tercih etmekle o marazdan kurtulur ve ihlası kazanır vazife-i uhrebiyesini hakkıyla yapabilir this is one sentence but it is packed uh, i guess we will need to work on it a bit so the self or remedy for this important sickness so we are going to diagnose it from the very beginning it is a sickness 
not being able to preserve steadfastness and therefore losing ikhlas, that is a sickness, overdoing and underdoing, that is a sickness. And these are sicknesses of the self. We are doing psychology here, spiritual psychology. These are sicknesses of the self. And these sicknesses have remedies. What is the remedy? The remedy comes from the secret of al-hubbu fillah, to love for God. To love for God. If I love for God, that means I'm not loving for myself. I'm loving what pleases God. I'm loving whom God loves. God loves his prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I love the prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And people will probably remember the, the hadith with Umar radiallahu anhu. He goes to the prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and says something like, oh, prophet, or Ya Rasulullah, or the Messenger of God, I love you more than everything, everything but myself. And the Prophet says, Oh Amar, you won't have true faith, you won't have complete faith until you love me more than yourself. And Umar thinks about a little bit. I don't remember the details now maybe he goes contemplates this a bit and then comes back to the prophet وسلم, and says oh the messenger of god i love you more than myself and the prophet وسلم, says now ya umar now oh umar now you have attained it um why if you think of it if you did experiments and observations and so on and so forth what you would find out would be that the the, the one thing that everybody loves the most, all humans love the most, of course this is without the, before the intervention of the intellect and the heart, is one's self. In worldly loves, in all kinds of worldly loves, what we actually love is the <clears throat> benefit, pleasure that we derive from what we love. I love, let's say, watermelon. Do I love the watermelon, this green uh, object with a green rind and red flesh in it and seeds and so on and so forth? Do I love it? What does that mean? What does it mean that I love it? I love its taste. When I eat it, it gives me a sensation in my mouth, on my tongue, and that is that activates some part of my brain that says, oh, this is good, I want more of it. That's what I love. We love our children. Again, I'm talking about worldly love. We love our children. What do we love in our children? Well, there is a pleasure in playing with children. There is a pleasure in seeing their cuteness. Or perhaps we are thinking in my old age, this child is going to take care of me. Or perhaps we are thinking of this as legacy and so on and so forth. But there is always this self involved in it. Whereas loving for God is a completely different state of being, state of thinking. When we love for God, we are not focusing on that pleasure that we derive from the thing, but rather we love God and that's a pure love. That's the innate, pure state of our being. We are created to love God. We are created in the image of the Rahman and we feel fit. 
we feel in place when we find ourselves under the gaze of the Rahman, the Merciful One. We are created as a manifestation of the word, the, the name, divine name, Al-Jami'ah, the gatherer that gathers all of the, the manifestations of all of God's names. And in our pure, uncorrupted state, that is where we fit in and therefore we love God. We love God because God is beautiful and perfect and beauty and perfection are loved for their own sake without a reason for an explanation or cause, without a benefit, without a benefit that comes at the end. They are loved for their own sake. We are created to love absolute perfect beauty and perfection this is our state of being the way opposite poles attract one another with the magnets opposite poles attract one another beauty and perfection attract our hearts and our hearts attribute that value and our souls spirits attribute that value to beauty and perfection and they love it they're attracted to it for its own sake so we love god for his own sake because he is the the utmost beauty and utmost perfection and then we love other things because he loves them and we dislike other things because he dislikes them because one wants to please what or who one loves one loves things for the sake of the one that he loves we love god and we love our muslim brother for his sake we love God and we love the Kaaba for his sake because he designated it as uh, the, the focus of our attention when we worship. We love the Prophet وسلم, because he is the beloved of God. And because he is the most beloved to God, we love him the most. This is the true state of, of things. But at another state, which is also acceptable, we love the Prophet ﷺ more than ourselves because he is guiding us to utmost benefit in the hereafter, to God's pleasure, to paradise. That's what he is calling us to. And ourselves are always commanding evil and pulling us to hell. So visualize this. You are in the middle of two poles. On one side, there is this pole that pulls you to this beautiful absolute beauty the paradise and god's pleasure and on the other side there is this other pole that's pulling you toward hellfire which one do you love more so loving the self the thing that pulls to the hellfire is also an innate thing it is in our nature but when we bring our heart and intellect and spirit into the picture and contemplate the situation we can then recognize that if i love this thing that is pulling me to hell to a certain extent i should love this other pole the prophet وسلم, and god's rightly guided servants slaves scholars awliya friends of god salihun the righteous people anybody who calls us to the right path we love them a lot more than we love our compulsive souls, ourselves. And this is something that needs to be cultivated. It does not, it does not come immediately. It is something that needs to be contemplated and cultivated.
And this is why Ustad Nursi is giving us these directions, this guidance in this one sentence to move with the secret of Al-Hubbu Fillah I love for God, not for myself. And when this, this is put in place and cultivated immediately, you will see that okay there is this instant gratification here that my compulsive soul although i'm a believer i cannot preserve steadfastness and my compulsive soul is inclined to but no 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 i love something else more than this instant gratification instant benefit i love something else where god's pleasure is more and i love that more i'm going to be inclined to it more and this is how steadfastness is is established to move with the secret of Al-Hubbu Fillah and by moving with the secret to do some certain things for instance Tariqa Hakta Gidenlere Tariqa Hakta Gidenlere Refakatli iftihar etmek ve arkalarından gitmek to be proud of following or befriending those who follow the, the path of truth and to follow them step by step wherever they go to follow them to chase them whom those who follow the path of truth the path of truth and where is truth truth is established in its perfect state in the revelation in revelation as human beings we are all limited we can have the loftiest aspirations and loftiest intentions and we can look around and try to understand reality as reality is with the best of intentions with utmost sincerity and we can cultivate this to such an extent that we may even be exposed to realities that are not visible or sensible with the five senses we can witness we can witness things beyond this physical realm and this happens this happens to the awliya friends of god and it also happens to those who are although misguided have cultivated their senses to an extent that they are starting to things are starting to open up to them but that unfortunately is not a benefit for them but rather a tribulation they are so steeped in their misguidance that God is letting them be and giving them access to these things so that they will be further steeped. So God has maybe not be among those, but God has turned his gaze of mercy away from them and their tribulation has increased, their testing has increased. Maybe not be among them. So one can cultivate his faculties, his heart, his intellect, his secret in, in the heart. There are all these senses that we do not clearly sense unless we attain it. Sometimes in a dream, in a state of dream. Sometimes in a wake state. And we can have access even to that metaphysical realm. Yet, we are still limited in our perception. Even there, we are limited by the limitations of our faculties that cannot perceive reality as reality is completely because it is so big and complicated. God is the one who has complete perception, comprehension of reality as reality is and he gives this to his messengers through revelation. So, Tariqa Haq the path of truth is a path that is based on, built on, revelation. 
And this is why, as a side note, this is why there is no tariqah without sharia. There is no path that leads to truth, reality, to God without sharia, without the guidance and regulation that is revealed to the prophets and that the prophets have passed on to us. And of course, we are talking about prophets, but the messenger of God, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad al-Arabi, the Muhammad of Arabia, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is the final uh, messenger whose message is universal. Therefore, there is no path that leads to truth to God without his guidance. So, tariqa hakta gidanlar, those who follow the, follow the path of truth, are those who follow the Prophet So, one who loves for God will be proud of befriending them and following them. Ve imamlık şerefini onlara bırakmak. And he will leave the honor of being the imam, being the leader of the community or congregation to them. This person is on the path of truth. And I want to be the leader here and I have the charisma, I have the background, I have this and I have that. But he is going on the path of truth. I am going to leave leadership, the position of the Imam, the honor of leadership, the honor of being the Imam to him. Ve o hak yolunda kim olursa olsun kendinden daha iyi olduğunun ihtimaliyle enaniyetinden vazgeçip. And on that path of truth, whoever it is, Whoever is on that path of truth, there is a possibility that that person will be better than I am. Why and how? That's simple. It, it is possible. This is within the realm of possibility. But why should I think this way? Because I know my sicknesses. I know my blames and defects and blemishes and deficiencies and sins. I know my deficient position before my Lord. I know my inside. I don't know anybody else's inside. Nobody, none, none of us have, has access to the hearts of other people, what is in the hearts of other people. I know that if my inside was turned outside and there was a smell that was associated with sins and blemishes and defects and deficiencies, I would be stinking. But I don't see other people's insides and I cannot smell anything from them. Therefore, there is a possibility that their inside might be worse than mine, but I don't know that. This is what I know is my inside, and that's what's certain for me. And when certainty and doubt are put one next to each other, it is obligatory on us to pick certainty. Therefore, it is quite possible that any person that I see on this path, and we are not talking about people outside the path, because we know that they are designated as misguided by God and his messenger. But anyone who is on this path, who is a believer, who is Ahl al-Qibla, who is praying his prayers and turning to Qibla, to, to, to Kaaba when they pray, I know that anyone on this path can be better than, than I am. This is a very probable thing. And that is how I should be thinking. And when I think this way, Ustad Nursi says, by thinking this, to give up one's sense of I-ness, one's I-monster. He is better than me, and I love for God, and this thing needs to be done. He is better than me. Let me have him do it. Let me prefer him over myself. Let me give up this I-monster who wants everything for himself, for itself. And in this way, 
to earn what? To earn ikhlas. By doing this, one earns ikhlas, sincerity in purpose. What is my purpose? My purpose is to serve God. So what matters here is that the service is being rendered. He is better than I am. He can render this service better than I. And therefore, I'm going to let him do it. In this way, to earn sincerity and purpose, the purity of intention, and also to think, ikhlas ile bir dirhem amel, ikhlasız batmanlar ile amellere raci olduğunu. To think that an ounce or even an iota of deeds, actions, acts, acts that are done for the sake of God as a form of worship, or acts that we, we think that we are doing it for the sake of God, doing it, an iota of it, an ounce of it, or even an iota of it, with ikhlas, with sincerity in purpose and purity of intention, is preferable over batmans of, kilos and kilos of, tons of deeds that are done without ikhlas, that are done without sincerity in purpose. And we talked about this before. Ikhlas is the coefficient. Let's think, if I donated one dollars for a good cause for a cause that is going to please god and my ikhlas is a billion that one dollar became a billion dollars if i donate a million dollars but i don't have ikhlas i don't have sincerity in, in in purpose i have other intentions i want people to see me there is ostentation that's involved in the situation or i fear somebody is going to do something to me and i if i donate this money he is going to stay away from me there may be many reasons anything but god's sake anything but ikhlas if i did that without ikhlas what did i acquire maybe the coefficient now is 0 0.00005 and multiply that with a million dollars and whatever you get from that that's what you get from that so a deed even small with ikhlas is preferable over a deed regardless of how big it is without ikhlas a deed with ikhlas even if small is preferable over a deed without ikhlas even if it is big and by knowing this Tabiyeti dahi sebebi mesuliyet ve hatarlı olan matbuiyeti tercih etmek. So to, to know this and therefore aspire for deeds that have ikhlas in them and then to prefer following others over being followed. Why? Because there is a great responsibility in being followed, being the leader, being the commander. When other people are following you, when you have established some level of charisma and leadership, you take the resp their responsibility too. And also, there is the great danger of losing ikhlas in this. Because the nafs, the compulsive soul, will enjoy leadership, as we talked before, uh, as Imam Ghazali says, is the last sickness of the heart that leaves a person. Our hearts have lots of different sicknesses and it and we can we can work on them and we can eliminate them this is the last one to leave a person so they made me the leader of this committee that is going to serve some great purpose we are going to collect donations for orphans for instance they made me the leader and then i go out and i talk at fundraisers and people are looking at me with their jaws falling there in a state of oh how beautiful he is speaking what a nice thing this brother is doing 
oh, if only I was able to earn as much rewards that as, as he earns because of doing this lofty job and so on and so forth. And they are looking at me and I'm talking and then I start, this, this sensation starts from inside. See how they like me. See what a good thing I'm doing. Ostentation creeps in. And then I say something, they all do it. And my compulsive soul comes in and likes it. I say something and they do it. I am the boss. I've got the power. No, I don't have the power. I don't have the power. It's God who is making them do this. And it might be a test for me. But I am in the state of leadership and they are following me. And my compulsive soul may, may, may like it. And then it may start to do this for that sensation. They are following me. I've got the power for the sensation of I've got the power or for the sensation of they like me for the sensation of how beautiful this thing that I am doing and I lose ikhlas so there is great danger in the in positions of leadership uh, with regard to losing losing ikhlas and also with regard to the to taking the responsibility of other people now it is if it is it becomes incumbent upon us to take the position of leadership in, in a given context, that's fine. We have to do it because this is incumbent upon us. We do it as a duty. But we don't do it because we want to do it and we are running to it. We want to grab it. We desire it. No. We focus on ikhlas. We want to have even a small deed. Right? There is this organization that, that collects uh, funds for the education of seekers of uh, sacred knowledge they're collecting funds and they, there is an organization that that regulates how the fund, where the funds go how it comes and how the fundraisers are done and so on and so forth let's imagine an organization like, like this what a lofty purpose facilitating those who seek sacred knowledge fa facilitating the education of those who seek sacred knowledge lofty and I am in the position of leadership in this organization. Fine. But then I have the responsibility of, did I really apportion the resources in the best possible way so that there is maximum benefit to all those who seek sacred knowledge? Or again, the same sicknesses that we talked about. Am I really doing this because I want the leadership? Because I think that I am the best and only I can do this. And if I leave this position, all everything will go down the drain and it's all going to uh, crumble up. I am the one who is holding this together. Or are we thinking, I am in this position because it became incumbent upon me. But I am the worst here. I know what's inside me and that's, uh, that's certain knowledge. And I don't know what's in other people. I... They each may be better than me, and perhaps there is more ikhlas in what they what. Uh, in, perhaps there is more ikhlas in their hearts, and a deed that is done with ikhlas is going to be closer to attaining God's pleasure, and God is going to make give success to what He is pleased with. And therefore, maybe it's better for these other people, one of these other people, to do this. Or I might be the janitor of this organization who is cleaning the toilets, but I might have this perfect purity of intention saying this is an organization that is helping those who seek sacred knowledge and that is a lofty thing and I am happy to be cleaning the toilets here because although I'm not worthy of anything I was given this task of cleaning the toilets in this place where I can earn rewards by cleaning the toilets who get, gets more when we convert these deeds into 
whatever they will become in uh, they will materialize as in the hereafter who gets more the person who cleans the toilet or the person who is ordering bossing everybody around and of course it is the person who is cleaning the toilets so it is not a matter of what we do it is a matter of the level of ikhlas that we have in what we do and this entails preferring the position of following others over the position of being followed with all of these this person can save himself from that sickness the sickness of the eye monster and everything else that comes with it and earn ikhlas earn god's pleasure and therefore he can fulfill his duty that relates to the hereafter in the way that duty that that duty deserves he can give its due to this duty we can be in positions of duty and we can we may be doing our job but not in a way that that position really requires not in a way that is really due to that position and also we should start to recognize that in all of these Ustad Nursi is talking about responsibilities that relate to the hereafter and this is something that we also need to start thinking about this is something that comes in when we read the Risale in Nur it is not only about proving the truths of faith right that's that's what we did we read from the first word through the eighth word and in all of those we cultivated a good sense of reality as reality is we talked about basmala bismillahirrahmanirrahim and how everything says bismillahirrahmanirrahim we talked about the manifestation of god's beautiful names on things we started to get a glimpse a, a brief glimpse of that reality because the reality of things is god's names and then we talked about our position as slaves of God why are we here in this world why should we worshiping why should we be in a state of worshipful slavehood before our Lord and prayer the importance of prayer in that and we talked about the the importance of apportioning our time that that we give at least one hour out of the 24 of our days to worshiping God and then we talked about selling ourselves to our Lord to God and what that means I'm not going to go into the details of this that's all in the you know, first through eighth uh, words and then we had the seventh and eighth words that give us a beautiful and comprehensive depiction of reality as reality is involving this world and the hereafter and how this world and our state in this world relates to the hereafter and our state in the hereafter then we talked about the allocation of the times of prayers and right now we are reading about ikhlas and uh, the proofs of the existence of hereafter and bodily resurrection and so on and so forth and these are very important truths realities this is very important fundamental knowledge that we have cultivated and we are cultivating but knowledge has its due at the beginning of this this treatise we read a hadith or a saying but regardless a truthful saying that explains a beautiful and and very important significant reality and in that we said so all people are perished all people will perish they're they're doomed except 
those who know. وَهَلَكَ الْعَالِمُونَ إِلَّا الْعَامِلُونَ And those who know will perish, and they are doomed, except those who act upon what they know. وَهَلَكَ الْعَامِلُونَ إِلَّا الْمُخْلِسُونَ and those who act will perish except those who act with, with ikhlas and those who do what they do with ikhlas are, or, are also in great danger because they may lose ikhlas but the part that uh, relates to what we were just talking about is that those who know will perish except for those who act upon what they know and acting upon what we know therefore is incumbent upon us Ustad Nursi having cultivated knowledge in let's say the book words moves on to mektubat letters and flashes and in these he teaches us how to act upon what we know true knowledge knowledge that has found a place in the heart that is grounded in the heart requires the person who has it to act upon it and to share it to go out and to spread it and I love God, I'm worshipping God, and God is worthy of worship. If we realize this, if I realize this, I cannot but go out and start telling people about God. I cannot but be anguished when I see a disbeliever. I cannot but be anguished when I see a believer who is not praying his daily prayers. I cannot but be anguished when I see a believer who is gossiping, who is sinning, who is doing something that angers God. I love God and I don't want to see the one that I love in a state of anger. I love God and I want to see the one that I love in a state of pleasure. When believers cooperate with one another, that pleases God and I want to see that. When believers do what is obligated upon them by God, by their Lord, that pleases God, and I am pleased with that. Therefore, this is not only about knowledge, this is also about action, and we need to share what we know. Inshallah, may we be among those who share with ikhlas, because it is ikhlas that puts power, that puts strength, that puts the ability to influence others in the words of a person if i am saying all these things and alhamdulillah we have been going on many weeks uh, posting these readings of the risale inur every week if i am doing this because there is some level of involvement of myself my compulsive soul and therefore i do not have ikhlas i cannot preserve ikhlas and steadfastness in my intentions in it it will be vain it will not go anywhere if i am saying it with ikhlas then that means that what was put in Ustad Nursi's heart is to some extent being conveyed through these podcasts to the hearts of those who are listening to it and to the extent of ikhlas that they have it's going to be cultivated there and it's going to sprout and bear fruits and and there will be inshallah hundreds thousands millions of people who are going to eat from those fruits true knowledge knowledge that is acquired with ikhlas and that's kept with ikhlas 
is like that tree it is like that seed it is it doesn't just fall there and and rot in the heart it doesn't just fall into the heart and disappear to a corner no it sprouts and then becomes a, a tree and then the tree bears fruits and then people eat from those fruits may we be among those in whose hearts tremendous giant great trees grow and 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 tasty fruits come out of those trees that those trees bear tasty fruits and that we bend down our branches so that people can pick them easily and eat and they can also benefit and then the seeds of those fruits then fall into their hearts and this keeps spreading on and on and on inshallah this is knowledge that we need to cultivate in our hearts and then share share in the form of beautiful fruits and something else that relates to this that Ustad Norsi says is uh, recorded at the end of his book the letters in a uh, in a section of that book that is called the um, seeds of truth and this is the 32nd truth it is you know, brief notes this is the 32nd truth Ustad Norsi says alimi mürşid koyun olmalı kuş olmamalı a scholar a person who has knowledge and who is a guide a scholar guide should be a sheep not a bird what does that mean he explains koyun kuzusuna süt kuş yavrusuna kay verir the sheep gives milk to its uh, lambs to its baby the bird gives regurgitated food to its chicks and what a difference between regurgitated food and the milk in terms of the benefit that the baby can de derive uh, from it one is digested and prepared in the perfect shape that that is the perfect match for what that baby needs whereas in regurgitated food god gives the capacity to to digest it to the baby chicks but the milk is already digested and ready to to go on to the body as energy the regurgitated food on the other hand depends on the ability of the receiver to digest it so we need to digest digest the knowledge that we acquire we need to turn it into our state it needs to again become that tree and bear those fruits and this is something to think about this is something to try to cultivate it does not just happen it is, it, it is knowledge that we can have it needs to be turned into milk and so on and so forth but what does that mean it means that we implement what we learn and then we cultivate ikhlas and the more we cultivate ikhlas the more that knowledge becomes a property of our heart and the more it becomes a property of our heart rather than an attachment to ourself the more it bears fruits may we be among those whose knowledge bear fruits inshallah subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir dawahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha